Creativity, ideas, and passion. Welcome to the Girls Invent podcast. In this series, we talk to amazing women who, when challenged, have successfully reinvented themselves to take on what life throws at them and build truly authentic lives. At Girls Invent, we also run an inventing and business development program that enables girls to create unique product ideas and turn these into successful businesses. Here is your host. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Girls Invent podcast. Uh, today, um, we're very fortunate to have uh, Alira and Tam join us from Shelston IP uh, to share their, um, their story um, uh, during this podcast. So welcome, uh, Lyra and Tam. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. And uh, I think this is the first podcast we've ever done with um, shutdown. So um, uh, we're very skilled at using um, online platforms. So uh, hopefully it'll run pretty well. Um, so uh, what I'd like to do with both of you is just ask you a series of questions just to, to think about um, your story um, and there's nothing better than starting with your early life. So could you tell us a little bit about you and your early life, um, your interests, where you grew up, I guess the things that kind of make you unique. Um, Alira, could you kick us off? Sure. Um, so I um, grew up in Sydney. Um, I'm the eldest of four girls. So people were always sympathizing with my dad who, look, to be honest, tried his best to turn us all into tomboys. So, you know, we were always, he's an architect, so we we're always on building sites. You know, there's stories of me carrying bricks from one site, you know, one end of the site to the other. Um, cool. You know, being, <clears throat> so being, I'm also the eldest of four girls, so I probably have developed some bossy traits maybe from, or let's say assertive traits from being being the eldest. Does that make you um, a sensible one, does it? I, I think so. I feel I, I'm always keeping him in line. Um, I, growing up, played played a lot of sport. Um, you know, I think there's probably very few sports I haven't had a bit of a double in. Um, you know, maybe partly to keep mum and dad sane, so we were active and tired at the end of the day. Um, so I grew up in a lot of team sports, a lot of individual sports, which I think you know helps develop um, some skill sets that you know are useful later on in life. Um, and I will admit, I, I was also a little bit of a nerd. So um, I've got some really funny pictures of me as about, you know, a three or four year old standing on this little red billy cart where I would jump off and have it shoot off in the other direction. Um, and I would yell Newton's third law as I jumped off. So I do not know who taught me that, but it paved the way for a career in science and engineering. The equal and opposite reaction. Hey? Exactly. <laughs> wow. That's excellent. Well, thank you, Lyra. Tam, how about yourself? What's your story? Uh, so I was born and grew up in Canberra, actually. So pretty quiet lifestyle. Um, my parents migrated from Vietnam to Australia in the late 1970s. Uh, growing up, I always remembered following my dad around. He He's an electrical engineer and he would always be fixing things around the house or taking things apart to put them back together. <laughs> And so I'd always follow him around and try to be, you know, the little tool assistant and grab the tools for him. And, um, and my mum's a, a seamstress. And so she was always making things as well. And I think that really kind of 
had me gravitating towards, you know, science and engineering, creating things, finding out how things work and, and making things. So, um, yeah, that's how I, I think uh, upon reflection, how I ended up in, in engineering myself, but, um, yeah. Cool. And are you, um, a, um, an only child? Have you got siblings? I've got an older sister and a younger brother. So I'm the middle child. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of fun facts about middle children <laughs> floating around <laughs> the interwebs, but um, I can't confirm that any of them are true or false, but. Um, <laughs> yeah. cool. and, and what about, um, I'm just interested in, in both of your stories. Are any of your siblings similar to, to you in the sense of, I don't know, interesting in technical or how things kind of get developed? Um, I think the four of us are quite different. So my the second eldest um, sibling, Siobhan, um, studied opera singing at university. Um, from that, developed an interest in history and went on to become um, a teacher. So she's a head teacher um, of history and does you know, um, pastoral care and things like that. So One Direction, um, a third sister, Tennille, um, is an amazing athlete, went to the Beijing um, Olympics for water polo, um, works for the UN. Um, so another di job, different right? career. Um, and then the younger sister, um, also an, an Olympian, went to Rio for water polo and, um, you know, would have gone to Japan. And so we're, you know, obviously fingers crossed that that will happen as scheduled next year. Uh, she studied architecture and more recently studied floristry. So, you know, some, some creative and um, you know, yeah. building things there, but from a different um, perspective. Great. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Um, my okay. older sister um, studied medical science and she's now, um, she works for the University of Sydney. Um, so again, science and engineering there. Uh, I think probably inspired and following my dad's kind of technical mm. um, backgrounds, whereas my brother is actually very different on the other hand and studied fashion design mm. um, and works for a lot of high-end fashion companies. He's um, working for Dior at the moment. Um, so maybe down the path of my mum being very creative and, and down the seamstress side. So yeah, yeah um, we, we all have similar traits, but very different in, um, at the same time, but uh, yeah. yeah. So um, it all sounds pretty straightforward, you know, everyone's life, like, like it just sort of automatically happens, but we all know that life throws setbacks. So I'm interested in, um, you know, while you're both intellectual property professionals, and you can talk about that um, a little later, uh, what um, are some of the challenges or setbacks that you've experienced on your path in your profession? Um, yeah, tell us about that and um, um, I guess how you might have navigated them, you know, and what, what you called on or what you found was really helpful in terms of um, making yourself um, navigate that, those setbacks. So, um, Tam, could you kick us off? Yeah, of course. Um, I think I was quite fortunate. I can't think of any um, major setbacks. Um, I, I think uh, growing up, um, given my parents migrating here from Vietnam, I think they always set a 
really good example about, you know, people that were hardworking. And so I think that's how I kind of applied myself um, going through school and growing up, just working really hard and um, in everything that I did. And my parents were always really supportive to, of us kids, um, no matter kind of what path we ch chose to take. Um, they came here obviously looking for better life and better opportunities. And so um, I think a, a really um, great part of growing up was them just being really supportive in, in the decisions we made. And, um, mm. and, and so, yeah, I think I was quite fortunate in that. I, I can't think of any, you know, real major setbacks. Yeah, um, any, any form of discrimination or um, um, sort of stereotyping you? I think, again, I think I was quite fortunate in that aspect. Growing up in Canberra, I think it's quite multicultural. All the, mm. the schools that I went to, primary school and high school, yeah. um, quite had uh, uh, quite varied and mixed cultures. Um, I didn't feel as though there was any discrimination as such. I, I do upon reflection though looking back I do feel as though growing up and I think all kids do this is that you you know you try to you try to fit in you try to you know have the same lunches as all the other kids and and things like that and I think because of that I guess I didn't embrace my heritage as much as I think upon reflection I hope that I I wish that I did had um but yeah I, I don't think there was any major um, discrimination or or anything that I experienced actually, and I and again I, I think that's quite fortunate. Well, and um, sorry to single out Alira, but uh, you know I wasn't necessarily thinking cultural, but it could yeah. be that you're nerdy like or um, you know, <laughs> female. I mean, people can discriminate for you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, and again, um, I mean, going through university, we obviously in science and engineering, you're usually one of very few females <laughs> in the class um but i made a lot of friends with both um the the girls and and guys in the classes and i think we worked well together a lot of group assignments together everyone was really supportive um yeah and and in in terms of the nerdy aspects i guess you kind of you know, being kids trying to fit in, you gravitate towards others that are, are similar minded yeah. and have same the same interests. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I, I wasn't that, accused so. of being nerdy, but I think no, I think I think we always try to deny in the patent attorney profession that we're not nerdy, but the truth is we're all oh. scientists and engineers, and so <laughs> ultimately that's where. <laughs> now we're getting down to it. <laughs> Sorry, I just admit it now. It's best to just be open. Well, it's um, become cool, hasn't it? So, yeah. <laughs> How about you, Alira? Any any setbacks? Um, I'll I'll start on that on that question that you asked, and then I'll go into setbacks. But I think okay. on the um, on I guess the gender side, you're you're growing up, you are blissfully oblivious to any kind of gender discrimination, and then you become aware of you know things like glass ceilings and things as you get a bit older. Mm. Um, but I think also I was had a very privileged upbringing. My mum was also. Um, in a lot of leadership positions as I grow up. So I had a very good mm. female role model where mm. it didn't even occur to me that it wasn't possible to get to, um, you know, to get into those kind of positions. Um, and then on the, on the nerd side of things, um, you know, my, my maternal grandparents were a headmaster and a, a teacher. And so education was always an important current through the family. 
Um, I, I never thought if I would go to uni, that was just something that would happen. Um, you know, I was in opportunity classes and selective schools and that was just normal. And so you're also surrounded by like, yeah. like nerds. So, yeah. you know, you, you fit in. Um, on the challenges and setbacks, um, as I said, very privileged upbringing. I think the, and I wouldn't even say challenges, the, the stumbling blocks have occurred because you don't know what the options are or you don't understand what's ahead of you. So, you know, a good example is coming to the end of year 12 and being in a position where I was able to choose to do whatever I wanted and having no idea what any of those options really were. So you can go, oh, that looks interesting. I'll go into law or medicine or, but you have no concept of what that would be like in reality. Yeah. Um, and so I actually started doing science and law and absolutely loved the science. And it, and I did not like the law, which is kind of funny now. You can look back and go, everything led to where I am now. Mm. But at the time, the two subjects together didn't mesh because the law wasn't IP law. It was, mm. you know, everything. It was, con it was all, yeah, it was all of the other stuff, um, which didn't fit with the technology side of things. And so I actually swapped and, and changed to um, engineering. Right. Um, and did biomedical engineering and mechatronics engineering um, and did a little bit of work in the engineering space because that seemed like the thing to do and it wasn't the right thing for me. So my approach has generally been trying things and then picking up, well, this, this bit's good and get rid of the rest and move on to in the direction of, of the things that I enjoy. Okay. Um, so not so much a setback as in terms of just, I like to know and experience things. And so I think that, that means I need to, you know, experiment um, to move forward. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it probably leads into the next area I wanted to talk to you about of key people in your life. And you've mentioned mm -hmm. a few, you know, like grandparents and your parents. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's certainly been a learning for me along my life about you're never quite aware at the time that the role that key people have in key mm -hmm. conversations where... Maybe you're doubting yourself or, as you said, Alera, you know, the end of year 12, you, you, you're offered all these opportunities, hopefully, and you're not really sure which, which path to go down. So, um, Alera, do you, um, do you want to say anything more about some key conversations? I mean, whatever you're comfortable with, but yeah, things that of course. I guess the girls listening might think, oh, okay, well, you know, uh, I need to surround myself, you know, with, with people who are maybe positive in my life that, mm. um, or place value on people that, that are already there. Yeah. Um, and look, I think, I mean, in addition to obviously having that, that successful female role model, um, one thing that my parents both were very conscious of was letting us do what we enjoyed and what we were, what we were good at, what we wanted to. And so letting us try something, you know, I did gymnastics when I was about 10 and I was about five foot six. Mm. That wasn't really, you know, a thing that was ever going to be a long term. You know, I couldn't fit under the, under the low bar. Right. But it was something that, that looked fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to do it and we were encouraged to go in. And that, that's a bit of a, a silly example, but encouraged to try things that we enjoyed. Mm. And so when I'm talking about the year 12 experience, where it would have been really nice to have someone say, this seems to be what you'd be good at. Go and do that. Um, the conversations were, you know, what do you like? What do you enjoy? Okay, you've still got about 50 choices, but you can decide one. And when I said, actually, I'm not sure about this choice, it was complete support. 
to change to something else, you know, with the understanding that that might not be the right one either. Um, the other thing I think that, so when um, I think of this question, and it's not so much people in terms of, um, I have mentioned the sport that I've played, where that, I guess, in terms of getting, you know, keeping the balance and making sure your head straight, it's a, it's a great balance to have that sort of hobby or outlet. Um, you're working in a team, in a sporting environment, um, helps you develop skills about self-analysis, analysis of others. Um, and obviously, you know, it's a big community of people that have different interests, different perspectives, which sometimes is a nice, you know, you're thinking about something and having a chat to someone who's coming at it from a completely different space yeah. um, can also be useful as well. So I think those other activities as extracurricular yeah. things can be hugely valuable in, yeah. in helping points. you move forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Cam, how about yourself? Um, so I've mentioned before, obviously, my parents have been a great influence in my life. And I think uh, Alira's mention of, you know, not sh not sure what path to follow after year 12. I, I, I think I always gravitated towards engineering. And I also have a, a commerce degree with a major in accounting and that kind of, uh, at the time, I, I wasn't sure whether engineering would be completely the right thing for me. So I kind of thought, you know, commerce accounting the world needs accountants let's give that a go <laughs> as a backup who knows what's going to happen in life and as as uni went on and um I, I think there was actually a nice bridge between the two um there's a lot of analytics in the finance and accounting side of um the commerce subjects and and I think what hit me was actually when you finish uni and trying to figure out well what do I do now <laughs> um was where I thought okay well um that was was a bit of a roadblock for me and and when I started you know the the industry in in um Australia for science and engineering there's obviously a lot of opportunities but you don't really I mean I didn't even know that patent attorney profession was an option for me really until I started researching and then I, I found a, a job application listing, you know, some of the requirements and I thought, you know what, that might be a pretty good bridge between my um, technical engineering side and, and the commerce side that I've, you know, kind of dabbled in some commercial law and the accounting mm. standards and things like that. And that I was somewhat familiar with um, legal aspects. And so I found that that was a, a good bridge. And, and as Alira mentioned as well, like uh, extracurricular activities, I, I actually did a lot of, dance jazz funk hip-hop latin dance um i think it was a great you know relief and outlet from the intense studies and and yeah you build friendships and and yeah sometimes the key people in your life aren't necessarily you know the adults or the figures in your life that you would expect them to be and sometimes they are just close friends and stuff mm. uh, and close relationships that you build that you um have common interests in and they give you that different perspective in life. Um, sometimes, you know, you'd meet people, I'd meet people through these dance experience that were in the Latin field and, and sometimes they were scientists and engineers as well, but sometimes they were completely in different backgrounds and they um, studied different things. And I think just having, you know, having just discussing life problems, I guess, and having different perspectives was, was a great thing. Um, so definitely, I think uh, key people in your life can be from the most unexpected places. Um, 
could be from uni, could be from your studies, could be from your home, but equally as well could be from other areas. Wow, you, you're really shaking up the stereotypes. Scientific <laughs> hip hop artist. I, I like, <laughs> I, I'm into it. It's good. <laughs> um, so we've managed to avoid talking about intellectual property law for um, 20 minutes, which must be a record. Um, and and I, I must admit, from my own perspective, I, I until I you know spent a lot of time with yourselves and, and other intellectual property lawyers, I wasn't aware of the kind of different path that you take compared to say other lawyers that would do law, you know, maybe specialise in family or criminal. Whereas um, all of you, um, you have to actually have a, you know, profession like engineering, etc. like you've already talked about, and then you specialise in, in patent law. So I think that journey is really interesting to sort of pull out. And I think also too, as individuals, I'd be interested like, you obviously did engineering and you could have stayed in the, the creative or the design fields, but you chose to sort of come out at a different angle. And I think that's interesting as well, that you, you're you interested in the sort of legal aspect, I think, of the, of the work that you know in depth. Um, so, um, Tim, could you talk more about, you know, your journey as an intellectual property lawyer, and and um, yeah, share share what you want from um, from that story. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, um, once I finished uni and I had this dual degree in engineering and commerce, I was thinking, okay, what next? Should I go down the engineering path, or now do I go down the commerce and study? Yeah. You know, now down the accounting path. What 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 options do I have? And so. I think I was looking for jobs in both areas. I still wasn't really quite sure what path I wanted to go down. And then I happened across this application for a patent attorney. And when I looked at the the requirements and what they were looking for, I thought, you know what, I, I feel like I can fit that. I, I feel like I've got technical um, expertise, but I also have good written skills. Um, and so I thought, let's, you know, what have I got to lose? Let's give this a go. And as you know, early on in my career, I had um, great mentors along the way. And I think um, the more you progress in the career and the more you, you meet inventors and you hear about the inventions, it, it's exciting. It, it kind of, you know, um, tickles that engineering and technical aspect that you had studied. But then you go on to use your written skills to help them write specifications on how to explain how their invention works, how their inventions are made. And you get to, you know, pick their brain of, of how they came up with it and, and what problems does it so solve and what advantages does it have? And, and you get to apply the written skills that you have yeah. to that. And I think um, that over the years, as that progressed, you know, I felt more and more comfortable that this is where I wanted to be. And um, yeah. now you know, we have a lot of junior attorneys at Shellstone IP as well. And being in a mentoring role now, I look back and think, well, it was great having great mentorship as you're going through the profession. And it's great to give that support back um, as the others come through the ranks. So. Cool. Thanks, Tam. Alira? Um, so I guess I, I came into the profession, I, I spoke to a family friend who was a senior practitioner at one of the IP firms. 
um, just to find out what it was all about. So I became aware of it and thought it was an interesting idea because, you know, growing up, I always loved the science and tech, but also loved reading and, and English. And it never really meshed well together. You know, engineering, they don't really care if you can write well. You know, it's not part of the engineering degree um, to a large extent. And so after speaking with him, I started studying the MIP um, and did, which, which is the IP law degree. So I'd already done my engineering qualifications at that point um, and really enjoyed it and could see that it was a nice kind of mesh of the things that I liked doing. Um, and as Tam said, it is really nice to speak to inventors in a variety of different um, technologies. Um, and so you have the opportunity to, to kind of dabble in a lot of different technical areas where if you're in a technical role, you do specialise. So you end up being, you're kind of using the whole range of your engineering um, degrees. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm really enjoying also seeing as technology is developing, the biomedical engineering I did and the mechatronics, which at the time people thought was a bit weird, you know, does mesh together into some beautiful device, you know, medical devices, um, you know, smart devices. So it's really nice to be able to kind of combine all of that knowledge and help clients, you know, achieve their commercial objectives um, by, you know, helping them protect what they're doing. Fantastic. Um, so here's a bit of a left field question. I mean, we're friends now, you know, you told me that, you know, well, I don't know whether Tam's declared she's a nerd, but Larry, you certainly have. <laughs> I am. Um, so I, I, the, the declaration's <laughs> there. Okay. So, so what are you both inventing? Are you inventing anything yourself? Now, you know, I think... Don't disclose it because I know that's, 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 the, that's the first thing you don't do. So, you know, what, Mark, one of the fun things about being a patent attorney is that when you do have um, a client come in with an invention, you get the opportunity to talk to them about, okay, here is your, here's your baby, it's your invention. What might your competitor do differently so that they can compete with you but not have the products you've protected? So you can almost help them. Or, you know, and what might you do in the future with this? So you can help them improve their invention. So you kind of get to have a little bit of a play with inventing Come on, when someone's already done the hard work. <laughs> so You must have had an idea. Um, I'll let Tam answer all I think. Mm. You don't have to. Uh, <laughs> uh, I haven't had any ideas that I think are groundbreaking, but I always have conversations with my brother. And he's, he's always on to the next big thing. And he's like, oh, I've got this great idea. Do you think anyone's done it yet? And, and a few <laughs> times I, I just look at him and because, you know, he's the creative person in the family. And I just look at him and you're like, you're, you must be mad. Like, that's just not possible. And, um, you know, it's just like those conversations that are in passing. And, yeah. and sometimes down the track, we might come across a product that looks somewhat, somewhat quite like what he was discussing. And then he looks at me and thinks, you thought I was crazy, but look, look what this guy's come out with. It was pretty much what I meant, but you know, I, I didn't know how to go about creating it obviously because I don't have a science or engineering background. I'm a, you know, I love fashion design and <laughs> whatnot, but you know, he, he has, yeah, I, I think that's the closest um, okay. that we've had with conversations, at least within the family that, that, um, yeah. that kind of touch on well, new inventions. The reason I ask is when we run the sessions in the schools, I don't know how many times I've had teachers and, and even principals come up to me on the side and go, hey, look, I've been sitting on this idea for a few years now. What do you, what do you think? You know, uh, what should I do about it? So, I mean, I, um, 
in, in not in terms of coming up with ideas, but um, I did my thesis um, at university with Cochlea. Um, and so part of that thesis was developing some new aspects of a product. Um, and so in that sense, I suppose I have, you know, we filed a patent. So, um, you know, there's an invention in there somewhere. Um, now we're talking. But yeah, but it was, um, it, I guess it didn't. And look, this is probably a credit to Cochlear and how they do development and that it didn't feel like I was inventing because there was a way of doing things um, that helped you look at options and explore options and make up things that might be outlandish and then go through a process of checking if it was viable or not. Mm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Well, we've seen a lot of inventing with um, mask designs, haven't we? Over, yes. Over the months. Turning socks into masks. Mm -hmm. I've seen exactly. a few videos yeah. about that. <laughs> It'd be interesting to research how many uh, patterns are being um, lodged on, on masks during this time. Mm. Um, so just in relation to you uh, in your younger life as girls, um, given all that you've learned, all the conversations and success you've had, what is it that you would say to yourself as a girl with all that knowledge, if you could, if you could throw yourself back in time um, to maybe, um, I don't know, not make it easier, but um, I think, Tam, you mentioned before about, you know, enjoying the ride, you know, valuing your culture, that sort of thing. Yep. So, Alira, anything come to mind? This is an interesting question because I always think, would I have listened even if I said something <laughs> particularly useful? Because... <laughs> I do like to explore things for myself. And so, well, I probably would have filed it away. You know, if, if the advice clashed with something I wanted to try, I would have gone, oh, I'll come back to that later. Okay. <laughs> um, but the thing is, I think the advice would have been is, is don't be scared to, to try things. Don't ask permission yeah. to have a go at something, even if, if other people think it's weird, who cares? Yeah. Um, yeah, have a go. But, you know, it, it would be a fun experiment to go back and see how much your younger self paid attention to the worldly advice you had to give. Well, let's assume that they listen to it. Maybe be nice to your sisters. That would probably have been um, appreciated by my parents. Uh, Sam, how about you? Um, I, I'm just laughing because I didn't think from that perspective of whether my young self would listen to me. Um, but assuming that my young self would listen to me, I think more just embrace, embrace all the opportunities that come your way. Um, I think uh, be open as well to opportunities and the situations that you're exposed to. You mentioned that, you know, I would, I, I think I would embrace the culture more and, but at the time I was, you know, you were, you were trying to fit in as a kid and, and so you don't, you, you kind of view things a little bit more narrowly. So I think trying to, yeah, be more open to opportunities and opportunities and embracing them regardless of you know your backgrounds your your family life or or what comes your way um just make decisions in life that you know that make you happy and and give things a go cool no shopping tips shopping tips <laughs> mm. your thing? no Did my mum made what? a lot of my so clothes <laughs> <laughs> so mark i'm i'm quite tall as you will know yeah. And so my feet are in proportion to my size. So as a, as a, as a teenager, <laughs> it was quite upsetting. The, uh, the shoes that were available because they were, they were ugly. So I would give, I would give that advice. Don't worry. The shoe companies will develop some <laughs> shoes that look nice. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> you and you if anyone have a choice of one or two. If anyone listening is is tall and needs some advice on where to get some nice okay. shoes of larger sizes, <laughs> tell them to reach out to me. I'm happy to to point people in the right direction. Excellent. Well, it's interesting you say that because um, there was there was a girl a few years back at one of the schools, and she was struggling with that very thing, and she was designing shoes for taller, larger feet women. Oh, amazing. Well, put me in contact with her then. She <laughs> might have a new customer. We're here to help. <laughs> We're here to help. Um, so, obviously, um, uh, the audience that is listening to, to this uh, is um, associated with Girls Invent, and I know Shelston's been a great supporter of, of our work and, and our um, inventors over the years. Um, given all that we've talked about, is there anything in particular you'd like to say to girls listening? Um, who may be part, part way through the journey. I know some of you have actually worked closely with some of our inventors. Um, yeah, any, any advice, tips, um, thoughts that you'd like to share? Um, Tam, how about you? Um, I think I, I, I mentioned just before is just, you know, embrace the opportunities, um, you know, go diving into them with open arms and, and, and see what comes of it. Don't be afraid um, to try something new or something that's a little bit different. Um, you know, you, you're in control of your own destiny, I guess. <laughs> the decisions you make. Hey? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, I've, I've made lifelong friends out of, <laughs> out of act, uh, extracurricular activities like that. So it, it might be, you know, just the, most unexpected situations where you might meet someone or have a conversation with someone that, that, that has an impact on your life. So be, be open to, to every situation that you're, um, you're in. Cool. Thank you. Um, so I've, I've got something, I guess, for, for the girls who are partway through their girls in burnt journey, um, you know, enjoy speaking to your possible customers and finding out how your product can help mm. people and what you can do. And, you know, don't be afraid to let that product change because you, you know, get feedback from some possible market on, on what you can do for them. You know, enjoy interacting with, um, with those people, with those stakeholders. Yeah. Um, in, a, in a more general sense, um, I would say don't be afraid to give everything a go. You know, try everything once. Um, and then on the flip side, don't be scared to say no to people if it's something you don't want to do. You know, don't feel that you have to say yes and do everything that people ask. If you're not interested, you know, be confident and say no. Good. Wise words, both of you. Um, so we're going to be wrapping up. Anything else that you would like to say that's come through your, your mind while we've been talking that you, you feel you just have to say before we wrap up? Uh huh? I don't yeah, think so. I think no, we've covered a range think, of yeah. topics, but Mark, thank you for having us. Um, it's been quite fun. Yeah. I hope people can tell by the laughter yeah. throughout the session. <laughs> thank you. It's, it's very different to our, you know, everyday life <laughs> in the office or I'm not in the office from fun. home. <laughs> it's been great. Um, thanks, Mark. <laughs> that's all right. So, um, yeah, thanks for your time, guys, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All the best. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Girls Invent podcast. Please share if you would like to inspire young women to believe in themselves and go after their hopes and dreams.